Anyone else getting kind of tired of the live, die, repeat genre? 12 minutes, Tokyo Avengers, Demon Souls, and now Deathloop. It's kind of becoming a theme in our nerdy sermon series here on the channel, but Deathloop does bring something new to the table. Rather than using the time loop to actually make things right, Deathloop tells us from the very first moment that the time loop itself is wrong and needs to be dismantled. What if I told you that the Bible actually has its own looper narrative that happens to tackle that same theme of eternal life that is presented in Deathloop? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and dishonored Easter eggs literally everywhere. I am your nerd pastor, and if you like these weekly deep dives, then be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as usual, we're going to be starting with our scripture for today. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation. It's what's going to be on the screen. But if you have a translation you prefer, feel free to use that as well. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So first and foremost, what in the world is Deathloop? Well, Deathloop is a new action-adventure game developed by Arcane Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. In this game, the player takes on the role of Colt, an assassin who is stuck in a time loop. Throughout the story, we learn that Colt has been tasked with taking out eight targets called visionaries across the island before midnight. Midnight because if even one of them is left alive, the time loop will reset and undo his work. Additionally, if Colt dies before taking out the eight targets, he just wakes up at the start of the loop again. This game is set in a kind of retro vibe nostalgic for the 1960s and, as mentioned previously, takes place over the course of a single repeating day on the subarctic island of Black Reef. First charted in 1931, Black Reef was originally home to a small fishing settlement and a military base where experiments were conducted on local temporal anomalies. In other words, tiny whiny stuff. It's now owned by Eon, by the way, RIP FFX players. I'm still having trouble remembering that this is pronounced Eon and not Aeon. Eon, not Aeon. Anyway, the Eon program was founded by scientist Igor Serling to exploit the island's unique properties in order to gain immortality by living in an infinite time loop. Igor enlists eight other eccentric individuals to his cause. These are the people known as the visionaries who we as cult are compelled to kill and also recruits a bunch of young fanatical followers that they end up being called eternalists because 
they live eternally, and they're all dedicated to serving these eight visionaries. With the power given by the time loop, the members of the Eon program are able to hold a party that literally don't stop, where they can just do anything, anywhere, again and again, without fear of any consequences. Not even the consequences of remembering their past mistakes, because when the loop starts over, their memory will also be restarted without any memories of the previous day. Of course, that's how everything is supposed to go. But then this game would just be kind of a reckless party sim. To make this game interesting, we have the two people who for some reason have the ability to remember the prior day. We have our protagonist, Colt Vaughn, who we get to play, and Juliana Blake, who is our rival assassin tracking every single move we make. Juliana alerts all of Black Reef's inhabitants that Colt has betrayed the Eon program and wants to break the loop, causing everyone to hunt us down every single day. Once the player actually lands on scene, Colt becomes able to retain his memories, making it possible to learn the behavior behaviors and patterns of the visionaries and eternalists from this point on. Okay, with that, you should know the basis ground level of the game. It's interesting enough. It's a fun game. It got a 10 out of 10 from IGN. I don't know if I agree with that score, but regardless, if you haven't played this game from this point on, big spoilers, big old spoiler alert, the biggest spoiler alert you can imagine. We're going to, we're going to ruin the entire game. That's not exactly true. You could still get the pleasure of actually like going through and taking down each visionary and learning them one by one. But the actual story we're about to spoil just to get you ready. As we play through this adventure, we eventually come to learn that Colt was one of the members of Operation Horizon, which was the aforementioned military expedition on Black Reef. For some reason, Colt was accidentally sent into the future due to an experiment that went wrong. Colt then joins the Eon program in hopes of finding a way to travel back to the past and reunite with his girlfriend, Lila. Lila, <coughs> Blake, that's right. Colt discovers that Juliana Blake is in fact his daughter. With a renewed purpose now, Colt manages to track down and confront Juliana directly. Juliana then claims that things all started to go wrong whenever Colt, who was starting to have second thoughts about the Eon program, started murdering her in every single loop in an effort to free her from it. Something about these stories and murdering family, I don't know what it is. This abuse leads to Juliana eventually growing to hate Colt and beginning to retaliate, culminating in her starting to hunt us in every loop. Juliana then presents Colt with a choice. He can either kill her and break the loop and suffer whatever uncertain future occurs afterwards, or he can spare her and they can continue living eternally through the loops. If Colt chooses to kill Juliana, but then refuses to die by suicide, then the loop just resets as normal. If Colt chooses to kill Juliana and then die by suicide to break up the loop, he will wake back up at the beach with an angry daughter holding him at gunpoint. And then she decides to spare him and disappears, leaving him totally alone in this broken loop world where future stuff actually happens. The third option is that Colt can choose to spare Juliana. And then they actually end up becoming friends and cooperating with one another to just hunt down the other inhabitants of Black Reef for fun for all perpetuity. So to sum up those three awful choices, we have number one, continue on the same loop. Number two, have our daughter abandon us in a loop free world. Or number three, continue that loop, but with our daughter as our friend, I guess? There's a lot to unpack here, but the truth should be obvious here. There's only one correct answer to this conundrum, and it's the second choice. It's the only one that actually breaks the loop. To break down why that is the morally correct choice, let's take a look at the Bible's own looper narrative, The Good Samaritan. Now, maybe you're wondering why I included the prelude to The Good Samaritan here. Why do we need to know about the conversation that led up to this weird parable of Jesus? Well, it's important because it illustrates the why behind Jesus's parable here. Jesus is telling this story in response to a question 
question that he has asked. And not just one question, but actually two. A lawyer stands up and asks the question of Jesus, what can I do to gain immortality? This lawyer has heard that this is one of the things that Jesus is selling, and he wants in on the action. So Jesus tells him in his own language and answers his question with a question. Basically saying, hey, you're a lawyer, dude. What, what, what does it say in the law? Basically the kindergarten response of, you already know the answer there, kiddo. The lawyer responds and says, oh, love God, love your neighbor. Jesus is like, cool, yeah, you got it. Good job. Do that and you'll be fine. See ya. But the lawyer isn't content with that. So he grasps for straws a little bit and tries to use his debate skills to find out the truth that he really wants to know. He asks, and who is my neighbor? What are you even talking about, Jesus? There's a lot of people here. Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus goes into the story that we all know probably pretty well. It's like the most famous parable of all time. A man gets beaten and left along the road. And then a pastor comes up and sees the man and walks right past him. Then the lawyer comes by, sees the man, and yeah, he walks right on by too. Then there's this scum of the earth, dirty, rotten scoundrel, this absolute piece of garbage known as a Samaritan. The person that all the people in this crowd gathering around Jesus think is just purely disgusting to even think about. Yeah, that guy takes the beaten man to a place where he can get healed, rested, restored, and he does it all on his own dime. Then, as Jesus looks around at all of the dropped jaws, he asks the lawyer a question. Once again, who was being a good neighbor to the man who was beaten? The lawyer responds with the obvious answer, the one who showed him mercy, Jesus. Notice he couldn't even say the word Samaritan. That's how disgusting that name is to them. Jesus says, cool, go and do likewise. Just like with Deathloop, there is a lot that we can say about this parable, and there's actually a lot of overlap between these stories, believe it or not. Just like Deathloop, we, the audience, get to experience the possibility of the Good Samaritan multiple times. We see multiple tries gone wrong until we get to the correct conclusion. And just like Deathloop, the story is preceded by an obsession with the pursuit of immortality. The obsession with eternal life isn't new or novel. It's likely the oldest motivator of the evildoer. And eternal life, believe it or not, isn't the be-all end-all of the Christian world. So if that's the reason that you're following Jesus, whew, you got a lot to learn. The truth is, Jesus isn't here to just give us eternal life. Jesus came to dwell among humanity so that we might understand what eternal life even looks like, because it's not just living forever. See, the lawyer asks about eternal life and how to get it, and then Jesus quickly gives him the skill set. He says, hey, it's what the law has been leading to this whole time. You know, loving God, loving the neighbor. And then when the lawyer says, who is my neighbor, Jesus doesn't tell him who the neighbor is, but instead gives him an example of how to be a neighbor. See, it has nothing to do about the other person. It's not about God even. It's not about the neighbor. It's totally, wholly, completely about you, about the self. Eternal life can only come from your own internal change. When the lawyer asks who the neighbor is, Jesus says, the neighbor's you, baby. Love God and love your neighbor isn't just advice. It's an active command. Eternal life is found by the loving of God and the loving of our neighbor. By being one who loves God and one who loves the neighbor. And who is that neighbor? You are to everyone. That's why Deathloop only has one real ending and it's the second choice. It's the only ending worth redeeming because it's the only one where Colt ends the cycle of asking who is my neighbor and makes the bold step towards selflessly acknowledging that we are the neighbor when we choose to love the last, the least, and the lost more than ourselves. If we only love ourselves, then let the loop go on. We live forever. We die forever. We're fine. We can party until the actual end of time. 
If we only love ourselves and our daughter, then let's experience the loop with just Juliana. We can be assassins forever and ever and eternal life with one another. But wait, then everyone else is still stuck in the loop. We haven't helped the man out of the ditch at all. We're still being selfish. We may have this false reality of eternal life, but we haven't found true life yet. If we truly accept being a good neighbor, we will end this thing in spite of ourselves and free our daughter and our friends from this endless cycle of nothingness and pointlessness. We will choose the option that is a literal deficit to ourselves that brings us back into a reality of death and also squanders our relationship with our own family. But it is the only option that leads towards the possibility of a real life, of true eternal neighborness. And maybe if we play our cards right, we might eventually move forward and repair that relationship with Juliana. Maybe not, but in the other options, the possibility is not even there. So what does it actually mean for us today? See, the hard truth of eternal life and immortality is that they're only accessible by those who aren't focused on them and them alone. Jesus talks a lot about eternal life in the kingdom of God, but in this instance, he decides to change the subject or at least redirect the mindset towards what an eternal life being lived actually looks like. And it's a life of sacrifice, of love, of time, of devotion. Living eternally is not actually about the eternal part. It's about the living part. So whether you're just getting started or still on your loop, or maybe you just finally broke the cycle, let's learn and grow together because you are always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Thanks for listening to our weekly nerdy deep dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church, where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show. And remember, God loves you. We love you. You matter. Be boldly blessed, and we will catch you next time.